This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one and only senior news correspondent for, honestly, I think one of my favorite shows ever, Daily Mail TV, Miss Alicia Quarles. Hello. Hello, David. How are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing better because I'm on your podcast, so thank you for having me. (laughs) I really appreciate you coming, chatting with me. Now, I have to just, before we get into it, I got a lot to get into with you, but Kardashians, man, 14 years. Are are you as sad as I am? You know what? I'm not as sad because they've got one billionaire in the family. They're multimillionaires. It's sad, but they'll be on reruns. Listen, they've been on for 14 years. They've given us marriages, babies, sex changes. They've done it all. They've given it all to us in the reality TV land. I've interviewed them many times. I'm bidding them adieu when they're still on top. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Like, you have a point. Like, I'm sitting here feeling sorry for the Kardashians leaving TV. Like, something's wrong with that statement. They went out on top. They came, they saw, they conquered. They're good to go. They, I'm just, you know, I love me some Kardashians. I know. know. So, I always like to start at the beginning. Like, tell me a little bit about you. Like, where are you from? Like, growing up, like, was it always journalism for you? Yeah, for me, it was always journalism. So I moved every three years. My dad was the first black newspaper president in the countries back when newspapers were popping. They were lit before Instagram and all that other stuff. So I moved all over the country. Then I lived in Japan. And like growing up, my one consistency was Barbara Walters on 2020. So I'd be like in fifth grade going to watch Barbara Wawa. And that's when I knew I wanted to be a journalist on TV. Went to USC, Annenberg, and came out and started working. And that was that. And so it was never anything else. Like you just always know it was journalism. There was never anything else. It was always journalism for me. And I always wanted to be an entertainment reporter, but graduating from college, I went for a job interview at the Associated Press. I'll never forget this. I had my reel. I was ready to go. The reel was fine, but you had to do a current events test, right? So the current event test was like, who's your local senator? Who's your this, your that? I did okay Mm -hmm. with it. And then she looked at my reel and she's like, your reel's really good, but you realize that you misspelled governor. I misspelled like every word on there. I'm a great editor. I'm not a great speller, <laughs> but I still got the job. So that just shows you persistence, persistence, persistence. I would never pass that test. You know, I mean, TV and pop culture and reality TV and Kardashians, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I've expanded my repertoire, but it was really like hard news. I'm like, what is this test? Lord Jesus. So I probably got a 70%, but they saw my personality and they liked that. And I know you worked at Associated Press for a while. So how does one go from there? With like, I know you've done a lot of different things in your career. And how did you end up at Daily Mail TV? Well, it's funny. So I was at the AP for 10 years. And I started like from the bottom. I painted my own office. I mean, every grunt job you could name, I've done. And then I rose up. And I moved to New York because I became the East Coast Entertainment. I ran basically TV for the East Coast. Then from there, I became the Global Entertainment Director, running a team of like 60 people across all formats. But I always wanted to be on air. And believe it or not, I got my start at Fox News. I would do this show called Red Eye. And being on there, I would get hate mail all the time to my AP account. They'd be like, why is this black girl on, blah, blah, blah. So I would email them back. And I would say, hi, you've reached the Alicia Quarles fan club. 
due to the high volume of love, she cannot personally see your email, but she appreciates the love. And people would email back even more irate, and I was in the same email back. So it was funny. But I actually started my honor career really at Fox News, and I got a lot of love there. Wow. Despite the hate mail. Did you find it, I mean, you know, to that point, like, did you find it, you know, back in, like, a different time, like, you know, like, being a Black woman, like, is it, was it really hard back then to get on air? Oh, yeah. You know, it was, it was twofold, because back then, working for the AP, the whole point was to be anonymous, right? Now people know my name. There's currency in who you are. Back then, it was like, just do the story, don't become a part of the story. So I broke that fourth wall for into reality TV terms, right? It's like, no, I can be the entertainment editor, boss bitch, but I can also be the on-air person. So I was really maybe one of a few people at the AP that were doing that. But the key is I had a company behind me that really supported me. If you do your job really well first, typically companies get behind you for other things that you want to do. They see the add value in that. And I've, I've always worked for companies typically that believe in that, that value. And it's allowed me to flourish and grow in my career. That's great. And now Daily Mail TV. So the new season, it's here. It's the new season. So it's our fourth season. I'm so excited. We have a new host, Thomas Roberts. I've known Thomas for many years. We go way back. He's a wonderful person. He's going to be a great addition. He loves pop culture like you and I, but he can also do some hard news like you and I, a little bit of sports. He's, a, he's just a great guy. So we won an Emmy. We're in our fourth season and we're excited. What can we expect? Like, what, what can we expect this season? Well, you can expect all of Daily Mail. You know, we do. We bring you the breaking news. We bring you the exclusives. You know, we bring you the fashion, the sexy, the funny. And most of all, Daily Mail brings you the real. And so Thomas is going to carry on our great tradition at Daily Mail and Daily Mail TV. It's like a one-stop shop, Daily Mail TV. That's what I, I mean. You really get everything. Thousand percent. I've never worked for an outlet where literally one day, like today, I'm covering the Kardashians. But I also today covered this young man, DJ Henry, who was killed by police 10 years ago. This is Family Quest, along with my friend Amy Schumer, to find justice. And I'm also talking about Hannah Brown, you know, one of the first female executives in the NFL. I've done all these stories today. They're so varied. They're so different. They're not just pickup stories. These are Daily Mail exclusives, and they're interesting. What do you love, like, best about your job? And, like, what do you love best about Daily Mail TV? What I love best about my job, thousand percent, is the people I work for. I think what I work with and for. I think what's special about Daily Mail and Daily Mail TV comes across when you're looking at our Snapchat, our Instagram, the TV show, you're reading our articles online. They have flavor. The people we work with have flavor. You walk into our newsroom, it's incredibly diverse. Um, it's interesting. We're not just writing about one thing. We're down the middle. We're not biased. We're not right wing. We're not left wing. We're just giving you the facts. So I love that you can come in with your opinion and nobody's going to beat you down. You're going to have a healthy debate. You're going to have conversations. You get to get your point of view across. I mean, where else can you talk about Kim Kardashian's butt size, but then also about hard news politics and the debates? It's kind of a great situation. I would totally agree. What do you think is like one of, you know, like one of the biggest challenges about this job? I mean, I have my own thoughts, you know, or, you know, just like one of the things that's misunderstood. Well, I think one of the things that's misunderstood is that Daily Mail is a gossip site. Yeah, we are. First of all, we're first to the punch, right? We are the breaking news. So you're probably going to get it from the Daily Mail first. But I don't think people understand the breadth and the depth of Daily Mail. We have an amazing investigative team. They brought people in like me and Thomas who have really hard news chops to bring you that information. So I think that that's a big misnomer. And if you look on TV or read articles, a lot of people are picking up our content. So yes, you love us for our photos. You love us for our entertainment. But we are much more than that. You're getting to the actual content. Yeah. 
Have you ever interviewed someone? I mean, you don't have to mention any names. I mean, you could if you want, but you don't have to. Have you ever interviewed someone where you're just like, I just don't like this person? Oh, yeah, for sure. But that's the challenge of an interviewer, a thousand percent. You interview people, not a lot, because I've been doing it for so long that most people know I'm not putting out with it and that I'm going to be fair, so I'm coming with the attitude. But every once in a while, you, it's more the publicist than the actual celebrity. Sometimes you interview, a, you get to a publicist that just doesn't want you to have the interview, and it's like, calm it down. But you yeah. got to realize, I've interviewed presidents. I've interviewed people on their deathbeds. I've interviewed everybody. You're not going to shake me. It's fine. Wow. I didn't realize you interviewed people on their deathbeds. Unfortunately, I have. <laughs> I've had wow. a long career. I might look young, but I've had a long career. I get it. I get it. Um, what about, like, have you ever been, or was there one time, like, you've been surprised where you're just like, you know, like, we all have preconceived notions, I would think, about people we're going to interview, where you're just like, eh, you know, this interview is going to be whatever, and you're just like, this was the best interview, and I never would have expected this. Yeah, and it can work either way. You can go in with great expectations, thinking this is going to be a great interview, and it goes downhill, or I can give one. It actually didn't happen at Daily Mail, but I've written about this story, so I can tell it. Many years ago, I was on a red carpet, and I was, at the time, working for E! News, and I was all dressed up, as you do. You know, they have the hair, the makeup. I was just dolled up, and I was interviewing ex-celebrity on the red carpet. I've interviewed him for years when I was at AP in my non-dressed-up days, and he was always very respectful and interesting. Now, with E, I pulled a picture of the last thing of him. He had gotten buffed for a role. He kind of dressed me down. How dare you? That's just so cheap and condescending. You didn't do your research. Then he goes to the man next to me, an older white gentleman, who starts asking the questions, and he says to me, see, this is how you do an interview. This is a real interviewer. And the guy says to him, well, really? Because she was my boss at AP for years, and she taught me how to interview. He goes, he had to come back and apologize. But it's stuff like that where you never forget. And then you have wonderful people. Like, we've had such fun interviews on our Daily Mail set. I remember Ice Cube came, and he was so intelligent. It was my first time interviewing him. Not that I didn't think he would be, but on the set, he just was dropping knowledge. And we were like, oh my gosh. So you have interviews like that, that you really get to sit down at Daily Mail and get in depth and it's interesting. And I mean, speaking of Ice Cube and like along those genres, I saw that you interviewed 50 Cent, who I love 50 Cent. How was that? It was good. So we go way back, full disclosure. We, we spent Easter's together. Like he's a brilliant mind. He's funny and he has very dry sense of humor and quick wit. So when I get with him, you know he's going to bring it and like really kind of come at you in a fun way. But I thrive off of that. So it was a really fun interview. Well, that's the other thing based on what you do. I mean, I would think that's one of the perks of the job. Just in doing a very quick dive of your Instagram, like you really do, you know, professionally and personally, like you know everyone. It's true. So back in the day when I first started, you know, it was old school. Like I had this rule. You don't become friends with the people you interview, but that's impossible now. So I've made phenomenal friends in this industry. And I, I, there's probably not anybody that I couldn't get to in my Rolodex. That's not a brag on me. That's just a brag on I'm a survivor. You go long enough in this industry, you're ethical and you're good to people. I'm saying you have to like be a pushover because you don't. You still got to tell the story. Just be fair and balanced in doing so. I feel the same way. Like, and I always tell people, like, when I sit down and interview someone, like, it's intimate. Like, whether it's an hour or 10 minutes, I don't know. I keep in touch with people. Like, it just, it snowballs from there. That's a really good point. Like, don't just call people when you need something. Just check in on people. How are you doing? Vice versa. To your point, yeah. Because then, you like, you always want the interview again. I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Yeah, you always want the interview again, and they're always going to want to be interviewed by somebody they're comfortable with. 
And someone else that I know you know, and I think you had a Daily Mail exclusive with, was Martha Stewart. I know you did the whole homeschool for quarantine. So tell me about that. Tell me about Martha. Can I tell you that I used to work back in another life? I was in HR and recruiting. I used to work at Martha Stewart Living for Martha Okay, well, I should be asking you. You tell me about your time. <laughs> well, you know, being in charge of hiring for Martha Stewart Living was an interesting experience. You know, listen, Martha is a she's wonderful she's a perfectionist and I don't, I don't really mind that but you know it was an interesting job i love it you, yeah but you know what she's earned the right to be she's 79 it's like listen she doesn't suffer fools lightly but she's earned the right not to do that totally. we call her friends of daily mail martha's a friend of daily mail she's just a wonderful person what you see is what you get and those are the kind of people that we end up covering over and over and liking there's no false pretenses with her but once she loves you she loves you I have nothing but wonderful things to say about Martha. She's just real. And I mean, like, I love how she always, like, reinvent, you know, now, like, the whole homeschooling and, like, the new how-to series, like, joined, like, Martha just will find a way to keep it going. That's my no kind of, what. that's what you do in New York. She's a hustler. She's a survivor. She finds a way to keep it going. And also to a new generation, always engaged. So you, you can't really knock that. And, like, what I found when I worked for her is, like, she just makes it look so easy. I'm like every, like I am, listen, some days I'm perfect. Some days I'm a total mess. I'm just like, I don't know how you make it look this easy all the time. Isn't that fun? So my colleague went to, my colleague and friend went to her Christmas party um, at her, you know, main house. And yeah. so she picks up all these cookies. Like she just does it. She's Martha Stewart, darling. That's, that's the magic to her. Do you love, do you have any preference from, you know, interviewing like celeb, like a, a-list celebrities, reality presidents. Like, do you have any preference? Because I mean, you kind of do it all, like you said, at Daily Mail TV. I don't know that I have a preference because I think that that's another thing about Daily Mail. I think it's the great common denominator. You know, you work someplace and it's like, we're only going to interview A-listers. Well, what's the A-lister? There's A-list reality stars, there's A-list, you know, screen stars, pick one. But I do find that with the survivors, right, the people that are royalty, the Martha Stewart's, the Tom Cruise's, think what you will of them. You know, even the OG reality stars like the Kim Kardashians that have transitioned it, they show up on time, they're professional, they give you what you need, and they don't have an attitude. And those are common denominators, whether we're talking about you and I, to, you know, superstars globally. Show up on time, don't be rude, give you what you need. And also, when people speak to the crew, the camera people, the sound people, that I always take note of that. Completely same. Because, you know... That's where I think you can kind of see someone's true colors. Yeah, and I'm sure you've seen bad behavior from some people that come into Daily Mail. Oh, we've, I can tell a story. I won't say who. Tell, t tell us a story. You know, a little tea. So this might have been, see, I think this was season two. I mean, you could tell us as much tea as you want. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm always trying to be nice to everyone. Listen, but, you know. I protect the names of the guilty. I will not be using names, but this is some good tea. Okay. This is secondhand tea because I actually had left. I had filmed something I left. A certain reality star, very popular though, came into the studio and our host was doing just like a tease, you know, coming up the drama on blah, blah, blah with the family. Well, this reality star did not like it, got up, stormed out, made a huge scene. And if you want to make a scene, Daily Mail is probably not the place to do it. But the next day, the reality star sent cupcakes saying, I apologize to the staff. It was left at that. But we also, there's a lot of crazy going on with this star right now we saw it was foreshadowed a couple of years ago. Interesting. So, I mean, at least they knew. I mean, that's one step ahead. Are their um, publicists new? Okay, true. I was going to say, because, you know, a lot of these people's bad behavior, they just don't seem to know. 
Do you find, I mean, I have my own theories on this. Like, do you see a difference when you interview, again, like I'll do air quotes because I don't necessarily think they're, a, you know, like the A-list actors versus the reality stars. Like, do you see the difference? Like, do you get more of that attitude from the reality, reality stars? Reality stars are way bigger divas. Right? In general. Yeah, I would agree. You would, would you agree? I would agree with that. Yeah, the reality stars... I just, like I said, there is no difference of stars, a star nowadays, but if we're going to talk about behavior, the reality stars are way bigger divas, way bigger. The movie stars, think about it. They had to grind for years, most of them, to get those roles. They're actually appreciative. Reality stars sometimes just look up on that fame. I would agree with that. And I think like maybe with some of like the stars, like it's an actual talent, like, and you went to school for it. Like that's not really shade to reality stars, but it's like, I don't think they're really into the publicity. You know, it's, they're more right. like focused on like the work. Yeah, the artistry. You're right. Right. I never and thought about so that. they're like not really aware. I mean, some of them, but I think they're not really aware of it where the reality stars, it's kind of what they're getting paid to do. You're right. I never thought about it like that. There's a, a craft that you've honed for years versus maybe you're just, you're you and you're getting paid to do that. Now, okay. So can we do like a quick fun round of some of these huge names of people that you've interviewed? Okay. Hit me. Okay, well, let's just start with the queen of the entire existence of the world that we live in that transcends all of time, Madonna. You not did not interview her once. You interviewed her several times. Many times. So I need to just take a moment and, like, let's reflect that Alicia Carls has interviewed Madonna many times. Can I tell you a funny story? Yes. Back in the day, like, I, I moved to New York maybe a couple of years. I went to her... Um, it was like one of her release parties. It was a super tiny party. And I brought a friend of mine, whatever, but I was feeling myself. And she's like, Alicia, there's John Travolta. I'm like, I was like, Johnny, Johnny. He doesn't know me. He's like, hey girl. So then Madonna owed me a favor. I will never say why, but she owed me one. So she was at her booth with Debbie Mazar and these big bodyguards. And I go, come on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce you to Madonna. Now the friend I'm talking about, he is now the head booker for Vogue. At the time, he was a secretary at Cosmo. He just worked his way up. He idolized her. He's like, Alicia, you don't know her like that. I was like, I got you. So I walk over all young and full of energy. I said to her bodyguards, I need to get in there. They were like, who are you? I go, Madonna. But remember, she owed me a favor. She was let her through. I'm like, oh. So we're dancing on the booth. My friend then kissed her ring. I hate that I said this, but Sergio, you did it. We partied with Madonna and Debbie Mazur and all these people all night. But that's when you're young and dumb and you do stuff like that. So yes, I've had good experiences with Madonna. Wow, how was she to interview? The first few times she was great. Um, I interviewed her right when she adopted David Benda at the time. And I asked her a question and she answered the question. I never ran the question. Uh, the answer, excuse me, because is the juice worth the squeeze? Sometimes it's not. But overall, she, she was great to interview back then. Very direct. She'll cut a bitch, a little scary, but I'm also can be like that too. So we had good, very candid interviews. I think she liked the fact that I didn't back down. Did you ever have that where like you're interviewing someone and then like during it, they'll say like, don't run this, they'll stop it. That's happened. Oh yeah. Um, it happened with Angelina Jolie. I'll remember this. She was playing, I forget the name of the movie, but she was playing a journalist. Um, he worked for the Wall Street Journal. He was killed, true story but she had journalists signing NDAs saying they wouldn't ask certain questions. And I was working for the AP at the time. I was running it, so I was like, I refuse to sign this. This is ridiculous. It's very counterintuitive to what the film is about. And I confronted her about it. I said, isn't it hypocritical of you to ask journalists to sign an NDA based on a movie about freedom of 
speech and about freedom of the press. Well, she didn't like that. And then I once interviewed Penelope Cruz, who at the time was dating Tom Cruise. Her publicist wasn't around. She flat out told me, don't ask about top. I said, okay, girl, I'll respect it. And I didn't. Wow. So, okay, so going back to Madonna for a minute, like, do you, or just in general, like, do you ever get starstruck? Do you ever get nervous when you interview someone? You know what? It's odd. The one time I remember getting, like, extremely starstruck was when I lived in L.A. and they were doing, like, the Rodeo star, like, walk of star fame or whatever. Basically, it was for designers to get their own stars. And I was interviewing Giorgio Armani. Now, he does not speak English at all. Why I was nervous, I could not tell you but I couldn't get my words out. His translator was saying, what are you saying? And I just, I was, I was awestruck. Wow. Well, we're going to get into fashion. Why well, have some fashion? Cause I know you're into fashion. I have lots of stuff to say. Um, so, wow. So Madonna, so like, that's the thing. Like, but I mean, you... I've flown to, let me, let me redeem myself with Madonna. She's still been good to me. I've, you know, she took me to her tour in Montreal. She's just very, she has that Martha Stewart quality. They are direct. They don't need a publicist to tell you what they need. They're going to tell you. Right. Have you ever interviewed her where she's just been like, that's not getting run? Yeah, and I was like, no, girl, but it is getting run. Yes, I have. And to that point, like what you just said about, which I've never thought about, like whatever you just said, I love about like the squeeze is not, the juice is not worth the squeeze, which I love that. I've never thought of that. Do you, do you, like, is that something that you encounter a lot where you'll do an interview and then you'll say, you know, I'm going to burn a bridge if I run this. I mean, I'm just, you know, just from one, I mean, I, I, I've had issues with that. I a thousand percent. Like usually, in my line of work, it's a cautionary. I mean, it is what it is. You got to, the thing is, it's a fine line. I find that you can't just sugarcoat stuff. You just can't. And you, you won't survive that long if you do. I don't think you'll just be seen as like somebody that's a pansy. But what I mean is if you do it and you're not biased, if these are the facts, these are the facts. You don't do a hit job on a person. You present the facts as unbiased. In that instance I'm talking about, she said something that just did not come out right and it would have gone viral. I had to ask myself, is the juice worth killing this relationship? Because that's what it would have done. In that instance, I don't think it was. Totally. That, that makes sense. I've had one or two situations where no one has asked me to edit and I've known someone and I'm like, this will go. It's almost like when something's going to go viral, the person who says it doesn't always realize it. And you're yes. like... Well, that's the other thing too. What I've had is like, I've had people reach out to me and be like, can I just edit that one little thing out? I have to tell you, every time someone asks me that, I'm like, what you want to edit out is not what you should want to edit out. Like, right. it's you have, very- You have that working relationship. Like, yeah, we'll edit it out for you. But to your point, that's usually not the thing you should worry about. Right. It's, I don't know. That's what I find. So some of these other, talk to me about Beyonce. Lovely. So she knows she's very shy. Really? incredibly shy. So that's why she has Sasha Fierce, Fierce, her alter ego. So I did her last, she doesn't do many interviews anymore. So probably no. did one of her last sit downs when she was pregnant with the twins. Oh, no, excuse me. With, um, she was pregnant with Blue Ivy then. And it was in front of like 300 people. She was so nervous. Um, she's worried about her accent. She still has a very deep Southern Houston accent, but she's incredibly loyal. And um, her on the run tour, she, you know, she flew me out for that one. I think she's a lovely person. She's a wonderful soul. I like her a lot. 
I'll admit it, as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate, I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority, and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water, and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I would never think that she was shy. Very, very shy. Wow. What about J-Lo? Well, I went to Dubai with J-Lo. Wow. Funny funny story about this trip. (laughs) So it was supposed to be, Alicia, do you want to go spend Thanksgiving with J-Lo in Dubai? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Day one goes by, I don't really see J-Lo. Day two goes by, where's J-Lo? Day three, Thanksgiving Day. They're like, Lisa, you're going to spend it with J-Lo and her family. I was like, I would hope so. I get up there, they've already eaten. Now I'm losing my mind. I'm like, I came here for this assignment. <laughs> so then I tell her manager, Benny Medina, I'm like, Benny, what is this? Then they made it up to me. It was all access to all J-Lo. When she doesn't have the handlers around, no shade to Biddy, she's actually pretty freaking phenomenal. And she looks like she's 28 with no makeup. She's like, what do you think about her and Alex? I think it's the perfect pairing, honestly. Like, I, I know him as well. It's just the perfect pairing. They support each other. They're a power couple. I think that you had to go through some things in your life, other people, other women, other men, and now they're at a good time in their lives. Totally. What about Lenny Kravitz? Oh. I'm just, uh, yeah, let Lenny, I mean, there's, talk about someone who looks like 28. Looks right. sweet, a. I was like, let me tell you, I was being a groupie for Lenny. We were at some like Audi event or something. And he was playing and the stage was long, right? So I was like, he's going to come down the stage. I could feel it. So I pushed these girls out of the way and I just sat on the stage right when he was coming. He sang to me. I was like, thank you, Lenny. It got him all the vlogs. Yeah, we love Lenny. He's a sex symbol. Yeah. Like I, he's, he's looking good still. He's laid back in person. He looks great. He's like, what you see is what you get literally. What about Nicole Kidman? You know, I feel like Nicole needs a friend. I'm serious. The last time I interviewed her was at New York Fashion Week, and she was saying it had been forever since she came to Fashion Week. She's genuine. She's like a little bird. You almost want to just hug her and hold her. She's like, I don't really have any friends in New York. Like, dang, Nicole, be your friend. She's all Botox and porcelain and pretty. You just want to hug her. She is. I've seen her up close, and she's... Yeah, I used to, way back in a different life, I used to live in the same building as her in Key Carbon. Oh. And so when I worked out in the morning, it was just, there were days where it was just like the two, it was like a private building gym. It was a small gym and like, we would just be alone in the gym. And Why didn't you befriend her, David? I tried. She did not want to talk to me at 5 a.m. We were both getting on a treadmill, but I'm like, we're the only two people in here. And like, you know, every morning we could at least be friends, but. We should go to Nashville and like have lunch with her. I don't know. 
I mean, although I think she's in Australia now, I think, but maybe not. Last time I interviewed her, she had a cold and like with every, it was like a junket, so it was like speed dating. But the weird thing was every interviewer, she'd say, I have a cold, I can't shake your hand. We're like, we get it. As soon as the camera rolled, she'd be like, I have a cold, I can't shake your hand. Like she wanted it on camera. We were like, okay. And I read somewhere that like you were nervous, George Clooney. Oh, I love him. He's my favorite. I get nervous with him because he's so smart. He's just so, I love his publicist, Stan. He's funny, he's smart, he's just, he's everything. Like I want to trade places with them all. That is one handsome, highly evolved, can talk about anything, comfortable in his own skin. That's a man. That is a man. Is there anybody that like who's on i mean because first of all you know everyone through daily mail tv you've interviewed everyone either there or in your past like who's on your list of like your wish list of just like i really and they don't even have to be a celebrity it could be you can go to you the presidents you can go to the presidents and all those other people well i would love to interview george clooney's bff brad pitt now i've interviewed brad many times but this is a new brad this is a sober brad this is a brad Minus Angelina. This is a Brad that might be in a thruple. The interview could possibly take place in the south of France where he's residing and get a trip out of it. I'm just saying, you know, Brad could be great. Brad would be a good one. He'd be a good one. So let's talk about, no, I know a lot of the reality stars. Let's talk about, you know who I don't know though, Snooki. Oh, Nicole, little Nicole. Yeah. How is she? She's wonderful. Um, So I was interviewing her since the start of Jersey Shore. We're about the same age. So to see her make this evolution, she's like went from a wild thing to just like a hot mama. She's very down to earth. She's all about those kids and her husband. So I think she made the evolution a lot of us made from being like wild in college to being an adult. And it's nice to see that she's really focused on her family and is about her business. And she's tiny. And she left Jersey Shore, you know, like on her own terms. Exactly. She went out on top on her own terms. What about Nicki Minaj? Oh, that's one of my least favorite people. Really? Yeah, we don't. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah. Yeah. Nope. Hard pass on Nicki Minaj. Hard pass. Interesting. Let's talk about red carpets because you've kind of done them all. Like, do you have a favorite award show that you like to cover? I mean, the favorite award show by far is the Oscars because it is the Super Bowl of the award shows. So basically, you've been covering, as you know, all year, standing in like a little pick pen area. I mean, Brad, Angelina, whoever, trying to be glamorous when you're in like a four by six space. Then you get to the Oscars and there's all this space and everybody's looking beautiful and the wind is out, the LA breeze, and people are stopping to talk and it just feels like a reward for being in a pig pen all year. Like you just have more space on the carpet. It's more space. And by then the celebrities are in really good moods because think about it, leading up to that, unless the celebrities have a relationship with you, luckily they do with me, they'll stop for you if you're the person or if you're one of the top outlets. If not, you get screwed. But by the Oscars, they're just, they're happy. This award season is done. This is the last red carpet they have to do. Their mood is lighter. You have way more space. You're all dressed up so you feel beautiful. So it's just a, it's a win-win. So that's how it is on the carpets. Like if someone's like a lesser known or doesn't have the relationship, they'll just, their publicist or them will just walk on by. Oh yeah. So there's a carpet hierarchy. So usually you've got three entertainment shows, four at the top and they fight over the top spot, even though it's not live, they fight each other. It's like, okay. Then after that, everything is kind of a mixed bag. And then it starts with photography. Then the three top outlets, mixed bag, some online outlets at the end. But unless people know you, say you're stuck at the end, you might be working for a different outlet. 
they'll stop if they know you, they'll stop for your outlet. Other than that, you're just like screaming and it's, it's exhausting. Wow. So speaking of fashion, how did you, you know, I mean, I love fashion. Like, how did you find this love for fashion? Well, I think I say that the fashion industry and music are the two only tougher industries to me than journalism. I found the love for fashion when I worked for the AP, ran the lifestyles department, which was the fashion department. So back in the day, Vogue was like the Bible, right? And this is like, again, before Instagram took off and all of that. So Anna Wintour would always give her covers to USA Today. It would burn me up. So I found out that her dad was also a newspaper publisher and I wrote her old school, very like, you know, letter about how we should bond as women. Can AP have the exclusives? And she started giving them to us. And then from there at the Met Gala, she would only stop for me. And that transferred when I went over to E! News and gave me love when I went to Daily Mail. So really she was my entree into the fashion world. And when she got honest seal of approval, everybody else came a running. So she, you know, hired me for the Tony Awards, she hired me this year for the Met Gala. So I got, I got auntie silver approval and everybody came around and then I came up with friends like Zach Posen and Christian Siriano. We knew each other from younger and seeing how their careers have risen. If you have the power of the pin of power of TV, you support each other and they dress me and I support them. Yeah. I would think having the approval of Anna Wintour would open the other doors in fashion. Who's, I mean, I, what's she like? I think she's wonderful. I think she's a woman's woman. I think that she was, I know that Vogue got a very bad rap for not championing minorities. I can only speak for myself. I know that she championed me. Um, she, I think she has the same quality as Martha Stewart and Madonna, same thing. Cut to the chase. But if a man had those qualities, when a man has those qualities, it's not, it's not looked down upon. When a woman does, it's like, oh, she's, you know. No, I think that they know what they want and they go get it. So I really respect her. And I think just living in New York City, we're all on top of each other. So covering these designers, you end up being friends with them and there's a lot of love, it's cyclical. How would you describe like your own personal fashion style? It's a mix because I am, like, I'm from California. So naturally I wanna be in flip flops and sweats, but then I'm a New York girl. So, so it's like California on the bottom, quarantine style and New York on the top. So it's a little I love bit it. of red carpet couture and a little bit of Target. I love it. I, that's, I, I say high and low end, that's how I describe my style. You know, I have my few things I need to be high-end and then I can mix in some long. You're very New York though with your black. I am. It's like a t-shirt. I'm just That's like it. hiding it. What, um, how is the Met Ball? Because, you know, I mean, even the, some of the most elite of fashion don't attend the Met Ball. Well, full disclosure, I've only been invited to attend once, which I couldn't because I was actually covering it. I had to go back and write. So I've never fully attended it. I've covered the red carpets for years and it's fun it is fun. Walking those steps is like no other. It's an adrenaline rush. Getting dressed and picking out, you know, working with the designers to pick your gown, seeing everybody ascend the steps of the Met Gala. You feel special and so lucky to be there. On the flip side, across from the velvet rope on my side, there are these big bushes that are separating you from the celebs. They're sticking in your dress. Your spot is this big. You better hope that you're on the good side because there's a bad side where nobody goes to. <laughs> So it's a very wow. intense adrenaline rush, but you feel grateful to be a part of it. Yeah, I would think that would be, and just like the way it's set up and like, I know like across the streets, like it, that seems like a more difficult event it's, to it's, cover. it's definitely difficult. Something that you dread, but once you're there, you're like, this is amazing. That seems, that's, what is your, like, do you have a favorite designer or two? Yeah. Oh yeah. Do I? Like just as far as, you know, not even friends, but just like as far as who you love to wear. Um, let me think. Who are my favorites right now? Well, I do always love Zach Posen. His line's doing a different way right now, but I love how he cuts for the female body. 
And no matter what size I was, I've been every size. Like he always can cut for a woman's body from a size zero to a size eight. It doesn't matter. I love that. Um, I love Karl Lagerfeld. May he rest in peace. He was one of my more interesting interviews, but he gave a great quote. He said he never looks back. He said fashion is about looking forward. And that's really something that shaped my life. After he said that you don't look back, you only look forward. So I really, his designs are timeless. I'm a Chanel collector, so I love Coco stuff. I like La Roche as a stylist. He does Celine. I think he's phenomenal. So yeah, there's some good stuff out there. How was Carl to interview? Oh, I was nervous. That's what I was nervous for. Uh, that's a good one to be nervous for. I was so, so nervous. I covered his fashion show years ago in New York. And I just, I remember it being just very rigid. So this one I was so nervous for. So I read that he loved cobalt blue, but I was broke back then. So I got like some DVF dress from a sample sale for $50, but it was blue. And his handler came out and she's like very French. And she's like, love the color. Then I went in there, Carl was telling me how he went to Canal Street and bought everything fake with his image on it. He was so funny. He gave me all the, the love. I think he knew that I actually genuinely loved his designs. That is really funny. Um, and he's like an icon too. I still think I'd be the most nervous to do Madonna, but really? I mean, Carl, oh, are you kidding me? Why? Like, just, I mean, for all the reasons that she has that Martha Anna quality that, you know, I, would, I mean, I don't know her, but I would assume that, you know, perfection is everything. And I would assume it's a hard interview to get and like, you don't want to mess it up and you yeah. want to be invited back. And yeah, like you said, I mean, I, I am kind of like you where I would rather, like, I'm okay with someone just telling me like it is, like, that doesn't bother me. So I guess that's the good part, but I don't know, just, I mean, and just, she's an icon, like. It's going to happen for you. I'm willing it to happen. It will happen. Will it to me. So switching gears for a minute, I know that you've been, back when she used to have a talk show, you were on the Bethany Frankel talk show quite a bit. Tell me about Bethany. What, what is Bethany like? I've known Bethany for years. Like even when she was on Celeb Apprentice, or I think it was The Apprentice back then. With Martha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, so when she started a talk show, she needed certain experts, so she called me in to be, I forget what expertise I did, but I was on her show a 10. I enjoyed it. It was fun to see Bethany in that different light, you know what I mean? I'd always known her, back then, when I knew her, she was trying to get her natural foods company off of the ground, and so to see how she used her platform to flip it into something else, I really loved. And also, she had the best, best backstage situation. It was like really? red light, great green rooms. It was fun. That's a good back green room yeah um and you you still are friends with bethany these days so yeah i'm still friends with bethany you know um she's doing her thing Bethany's one of those people i'll probably always be friends with we just get each other she's real she's direct to the point she's about her business so i like it i mean is there a part of the like entertainment like industry like what you do like is there something you like best i mean because you've kind of done it all like you've done red carpets daily mail tv you know, I like, yeah, you know, the part I like best is being able to pitch my own stories and see them through from start to finish. Because it's one thing to be assigned a story and write it. It's another thing to be assigned a story and do it on air. It's another thing to say, I have this idea. This is why I think it's important to bring in the resources, right? These power publicists, these celebs, or maybe you see something, you come, you pitch it, you do the story, you execute it, and you see it to fruition. And then people actually engage in the story. I like the process. That makes a lot of sense. What about... And I like walking red carpets. I used to cover them, now I walk them. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that's got to be, you know, a good part of the job. It's fun. Like, the photographers used to teach me how to pose as I was coming up. And all that, they gave me so much love. So, yeah, I covered those red carpets for years. Now I walk them. I love it. 
Did you have to get used to walking red carpets? Like in the beginning, were you just like, how does nope. this work? You just, from what you did right away. Like literally you work with some of the best photogs in the business when you're covering the carpet. And I always knew like, I'm going to flip it. I'm going to be on that side. And they would give me pointers. But when you're wearing like, it's, you know, these designers put you in beautiful clothes. You have great hair and makeup. You walk out there because you're not just representing yourself. I'm representing Daily Mail TV. I'm representing this designer. I'm representing hair and makeup. It feels good to do that. That makes sense. And even though, I mean, you've interviewed everyone, like such a wide variety, just like in your own, what you like, like, are you like an action movie person, a reality TV person, like pop music, like what, you know, I mean, you're, you're going to interview everyone. And it's, I mean, you're, you seem like you're like me, you're, you like a lot of the same things and almost everyone, but like, what do you really like? Movies, you and TV. I love pop culture. Back in the day, I would have said I love a movie star. Now I love a reality star. I think they're fun. This is what people are watching, what people are doing and engaging in. So I think this is the age of the reality star. I think what to be what to be a reality star has shifted. So I really enjoy interviewing them. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Personally, I would rather like have a drink with Kristen Cavallari than you know maybe Brad Pitt. Right, right, that's right. just I, me. They're yeah. my A-listers. Now, speaking of reality TV, you know, there's so many rumors that circulate in reality TV, you know, for all, all reality TV shows. Real Housewives of New York, are there any rumors that you would like to clear up, address? I can confirm nor deny. I can just say that I'm friends with all the women on there. They're wonderful. It's a bomb franchise. So, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. I know. You know, so you, know, you don't want to address any rumors, you know, We've had Kamora Lee Simmons' name thrown out, Rachel Yucatel. Oh, we had Alicia Quarles' name thrown out. Listen, I'm the ultimate New Yorker, so I'm just saying, if it happens, it's all good. You are the ultimate New Yorker. Well, you know, here's the thing. Now, if you Google my name, sometimes like housewife's expert appears next to it. I think you would be a perfect fit. Let me tell you why. Can I just tell you why? Break it down. Okay, well, you are the quintessential New Yorker. You have the love for fashion, but you have a job that you go to every day. No shade against any of the women, but that's just a different aspect of New York that should be seen. Like someone that, you know, has, goes to a job. You don't live on the Upper East Side, which I think is a plus. I think, listen, I actually, no, I actually love, I go out on the Upper East Side a lot just because that is where the housewives are. But it, it's nice, you know, New York needs to show other areas and other boroughs and it's just, it's just time. That's, that's New York, you know? I love you and no shade to the women because we love them as you said, but you and I are about the love. same age. There's other parts of New York to show. So if it happened, it would be definitely a blessing. Now, talking about your natural connections to all of these women, let's talk about a few of them because, you know, I've done a stalking of your Instagram. So I know that you know Miss Luann very well. I don't yeah. need to ask you if you've seen her cabaret because I understand I saw that you were, I was at that particular show. I didn't know that was you. You were the one that like helped Sonia on with her dress. <laughs> good women help good women. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I've actually, I've known Bethany the longest and then I've known Luann the longest after that, probably over 10 years. We just connected. We were at um, a charity event in the Hamptons with my ex-husband's organization. Luann was there. I was there. We were both bored and we just, <laughs> we bonded. And we've been getting into trouble ever since. Luann is like, I don't know. Luann's very down to earth. I don't think that's what people realize. Like she just wants to have a good time. She is. What you see is what you get. What about Viva La Diva? 
Viva la diva. So I went, actually, we celebrated her single with Desmond Child. I'm going to pluck her a couple weeks ago. Here's the thing about Luann. When she, her first single came out, everybody was laughing like, seriously? But she's flipped this into a whole thing. So Desmond Child is a Grammy Award winning producer. She's really, really flipped it. I'm proud of her. Do you, uh, listen, it, this is a real thing. I mean, I've gone to see Countess and Friends, not just at 54. I've seen it like around the country. And like, these are really big theaters. I mean, it's not Madison Square Garden, but it's like the theaters are real. Like They're real and the show was fun. I've seen it like four times. So again, I think, you know what? She's living her best life. And what more can you ask? Do you have a favorite Countess Luann song? Like ah. Chic Say La Vie, Money Can't Buy You Class. Okay, hit me with some more. Girl Code. Oh, you broke the girl code. That's the one. Very fitting. I love that song. It's a good one, right? It's a good one. That's a, what's your favorite? I mean, I would say Money Can't Buy You Class, but Girl Code is a great one. Like It's good. So that's what I'm saying. Luann will come out with a bop. It's a bop. Viva La Diva, I need to listen to. It's like, I like it. I just need to listen to it a few more times. Listen to it. I also do love feeling Giovanni. Oh, how could I forget that? I mean, okay, that's a classic. And I've, have you ever been in the Giovanni showroom? You know, the thing is, I got to be honest with you, because I'm also friends with Dorinda. I have a lot of love for her. So between Luann and Dorinda talking about Giovanni, I was Giovanni'd out. I didn't want to go to the showroom. Not yet. Not yet. Have you Listen, been? I've been, because I have a friend who's on the New Jersey Housewives, and she's like, she could, you, you, you got to like the sparkles. Otherwise, it's not really, it's beautiful. It's just every color of the rainbow sparkles. It's like light purple, medium purple, kind of medium. It's literally like a showroom. Just so that, that's where I think the age thing separates us. No shade to them, but I'm just saying, I don't think I'm going to be rocking Giovanni's sequence anytime soon. I think you're okay without that. Speaking of Dorinda, what, how do you feel about her exit? I think it's a big loss for this franchise. You know, I know Dorinda personally, so maybe I'm biased. I think she had a rough season and a rough edit, but that happens to all of us. You know, she was finally in Morning Richard. She was going through a lot, and that played out on camera. But I think for somebody that's been a cast member for so long, you have to give them grace. So I think the viewers are going to miss her. I'm certainly going to miss her. And she's, you know, she's a resilient person. She's wonderful. Have you talked to her since? We've talked to her since, and she's doing really well. The thing about Dorinda, she's not going to sit there and cry over spilled milk. She's a strong woman, um, and she's at her house in the Berkshires, honey. She's living. Yeah, I mean, it was like a moment in time, like six years, you know. Yeah. You never say never. She could come back. You never know. That's true. And I mean, I think when you look back upon the show, you know, listen, everyone goes right to Bethany and Jill as like two of the icon. I mean, I think Dorinda's going to be that third person. I agree as well. She's still on all the promo. She's still doing her thing, but I have nothing but love for Dorinda. I've been through hard times before, so I know what that's like, except mine wasn't played out on TV. So you have to have compassion and love. Totally. When the whole world has an opinion on your life. Yeah. Do you know Tinsley? I know Tinsley for a long, Tinsley's my girl. Really? A long time. Actually, I know Tinsley long, no, I know Luann longer than Tinsley, but Tinsley and I go way back. And Scott? We shared the same stylist. Okay. Speaking of shared stylists, you and that, I forgot the designer, the pink dress, you and Rena and Erica Jane. First of all, let me just say, I wore the pink dress first. So my stylist at Daily Mail pulled the pink dress. I always thought the pink dress was cute. I know it's controversial. I wore it to the premiere of Eddie Murphy's movie, Dolomite Is My Name. Now, people were stopping me in the street for the pink dress. Then I saw it on TV, it didn't translate as well. But what do you think of the pink dress? I really liked it. Why, why is it controversial? Because a lot of people hated it. 
Oh, a lot really? of the comments, people did not like the pink dress, but we all thought it was fabulous. Oh, I really, I mean, I, I, I like pink as a color. So, I mean, I, I, I really liked it. Well, thank you. I didn't realize it had, you know, all this controversy. Um, what about Sonia? Talk to me about, I know you know Sonia. Well, here's some scoop for you. So we are going inside Sonia's newly done townhouse. It'll be next week on Daily Mail TV for our season four launch. So I'm taking you inside a VIP tour. She's completely redone it, put it back on the market. So yeah, I just saw Sonia. She's doing phenomenal. She said that she lost 17 pounds in quarantine. Wow. She's really happy. She's dating and she's just living her best life. She's not going to live in the townhouse. She really wants to sell it. She's dropped the price to $2 million because of COVID and she wants to be free and live this, you know, carefree lifestyle in New York. How does the remodel look? Phenomenal. It's very modern. So, you know, back then it was kind of that old French world country chic. She's taken all that out. She got a You're new being realtor. nice. Yeah. It, it just needed a makeover. It, it got, it got the makeover it needed. Really? Yeah, I think and, so. And we're going to see that on Daily Mail. You'll see it next week on Daily Mail. An exclusive. Um, I think that's a good move for Sonia. I think so too. She said that, you know, that's a lot of house to keep up, first of all. And she said that living in Lincoln Square where she was earlier, she felt lighter and freer and she felt like a bachelorette. Have you ever, because I have, have you ever, I mean, you probably have more than me. Have you ever been out just for the night with Sonia? It is just like... You know what? Is, no, you got to tell me because we've gone out for dinner. We've gone out for drinks. We never had a night. Tell me about your night. Well, I was with Margaret Josephs, who I know you've interviewed from yeah, New Margaret. Jersey, who I'm friends with. There was an appearance in Atlantic City with Margaret, Teresa, and Sonia. So I went with Margaret and then afterwards there was a dinner and just like somehow Sonia just sensed in me that I was the one that was going to go the distance with her. And it was like the amount of people that were at this dinner versus then the after dinner, like Teresa was like, good luck to all of you. Margaret doesn't really drink. It was just like one after another. And just at some point, Sonia was like, you know, you're the one. And she, I mean, I'm not one to say no to Sonia. So Ooh. she's just like, you know, you're going to just stay up until I'm done. And I'm like, you don't have to twist my arm, but. Okay. Give us one tidbit about what happened that night. Well, first of all, Sonia is one of the funnest people. I mean, Luann too, but Sonia is so much fun to just, like Sonia's a sweetheart. She's just so much fun to go out with. So if you're in, like, let's go out and have a night out, I, my number one housewife would be Sonia. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that's, that scoop. That's my honest opinion. You know, and well, people always say, like, what do you talk about when you hang out with housewives? Like, you talk about housewives. Like, it's like literally like breaking the fourth wall and then you have to keep everything to yourself. But like, you right. just, you get all this stuff. All the tea. You get all the tea. You get all the tea. Now, I also saw, talking about an exclusive, you did a tour back in the day of Ramona's Hamptons house. I did. So this was, we went to her beautiful Hamptons house, um, and she had just remodeled as well. So I think I'm the housewives remodeling queen, and they're comfortable with me, so they let me in their houses at this moment. It was phenomenal. This was like her post, get over Mario. She bought this house herself back in the day, and she wanted to really reflect her single life. You know, since then, one of my good friends has gone and had lunch there. She's invited me back. And, you know, Ramona's so cool. She was like, I got to go, girl. Here's the keys at the end of the shoot. But it's just, it's the beautiful house that you see. Ramona's hilarious. And she's exactly like she is on the show. She is. Have you ever seen her, like, go out and when fans try to interact with her? Have you ever oh, seen that experience? Oh, I've been out with Ramona many times. Yes, I have. Because Ramona will shut it down if she's not feeling it. She will shut that down 
within two seconds. In two seconds. But that's just, just genuinely who she is. You know, she's a character. Tell us something about like Luann or Bethany or Sonia that like would shock us. Okay. Okay, I can tell this story. Okay. <laughs> Back when Luann was married to Tom, she wanted to do an interview. This was the infidelity, you know, rumors. And so she wanted to do it with me because she trusted me. So I got the exclusive. I'm doing the interview and I'm noticing. So Tom's supposed to be denying these infidelity rumors. But he's sweating the whole interview. I was like, girl, we had to stop the interview because he was sweating so much. So I'm like, his mouth is saying one thing, but his body is saying a whole another. But Luann was sweet about it. We were like, he's got to go. And luckily, he went. You, you should have pulled Luann aside afterwards and been like, this is a telltale sign. Oh, I did. Like but you know, when you're in love, we've all been there. But he was sweating through that interview. I was like, oh, my God. But see, this is why you would just be the perfect fit for, you know, an apple. You know all of these girls. We've had a good times. Oh, I can also tell you another story. Luann had just, whatever single, I forget what single it was, but we were in an SUV and we were going downtown to see Trey songs. And Luann was playing the single first exclusive. We were, we were having some good libations that night. Let's just say that. Trey songs tries to pull me on stage, but he ended up hitting my thigh. I had the blackest bruise for about four months. Huge, but it was worth it. We had a good time. And it's from Trey Song, so. Trey Song's right, right. You can't deny that. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, you have to enjoy your libations if you're going to, should we ever see Alicia on the show, you need your Listen, libations. We won't see Alicia Leah style, no shade to Leah, but we're New Yorkers. We have libations. That's what we do. You will not see Alicia hammered on that show. Nope. Did that earlier in life. You'll see Alicia a couple drinks in, having fun, but that's the extent of it. But I can be fun no matter what. And you have to get up and go to work in the morning at Daily Mail TV. I have a real job. Well, you know what it is also because, you know, you see like Alisa Rinna and Denise Garcelle. Like you see these actresses that are on the show. I think that would be, in a way, that I think is another great reason why you'd be a good fit. Because who doesn't want to see, you know, I think they should show you interviewing the Lenny Kravitz, the, you know, like that's, you know, I mean, I, I realize that would be a Having a little Daily Mail on the show would not be a bad thing. So what is the current, you know, with COVID, like how do you think like the entertainment industry is going to be like changed? Like how, like what do you foresee like now red carpets, like Daily Mail TV? Like how is it all going to be affected by COVID? Well, I think the entertainment industry will forever be changed by COVID. But obviously this is an industry that's nimble that has always had to change. Like, for example, you're looking at my home studio. This is where we shoot Daily Mail TV from my end every day. And if you look at productions now, really there are COVID rules or guidelines that have gone out for people that are shooting on sets. And I think that the industry will go on, entertainment will go on. People need this now more than ever, um, but it's going to have to be nimble and it will definitely be cautious. I think it says something about the entertainment industry, how like at first people were like, how is this going to work? And now... The entertainment industry finds a way to make it work no matter what. Like, it's, it's working. The industry finds a way no matter what, and thank God for technology, right? So if this COVID had happened 10 years ago, we didn't have Zoom. Skype was just starting. You know, the internet connections were not as strong. But now everybody's on their phones anyways. Everybody's on their laptops. So you can make it work. Um, so it's just making us get more innovative. I think so. Do you like, do you, I mean, did you work out the kinks? Like at first, did you have the Zoom kinks? Do you like being at home to do your job? I think initially, at least from my end, when we first went home, I thought, oh, we'll be quarantined for a month. And here we are five, six months later, and we've adjusted. 
Would I love to be back on set? Absolutely. You know, there's energy that you feed off of when you're on set and you're with your colleagues and you're in a newsroom. There's something to be said for that. However, there is something to be said for getting dressed on the top and not on the bottom. Um, and you just find a way to make it work. You still have that humor, human interaction thanks to these, you know, technology platforms. Totally. And then this is my last question, like the new season, Daily Mail TV, anything we could expect? And we have the exclusive with Sonia's townhouse. I mean, any other tidbits you can tell us? Is this season going to be different with our new host? Anything our new season of Daily Mail TV. One thing is we're still bringing you great exclusives and contents across the board. This is unbiased coverage. And of course, we have a new host, Thomas Roberts, he knows entertainment, he knows sports, he knows politics. He and I go way back. So we're bringing you our correspondence from around the world and just more quality content you can believe in. I cannot wait to watch the new season. It literally, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, it is literally the best. This podcast relies on Daily Mail TV. We get so much from it. So I know you are so busy. So I really, really appreciate this. Like you sitting down picking your brain. Like, I really do appreciate you taking your time. It's my pleasure. And thank you for having me on. Thank you so much. Thanks to your whole team, Alicia Quarles from Daily Mail TV. Thank you so much. Bye. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind The Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me, and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.